I was once teaching a Bible study reflecting on money, specifically paper currency, and observed that this currency was simply recycled mud, yet men seek it incessantly, accumulating as much as they can. Man sweats, steals, and kills for it. Imagine, the souls of men are literally purchased with nothing more than recycled mud. A dollar bill is basically a product of wood and cotton and other materials, including printer's ink, all extracted from the earth's products. Men kill for this stuff. Even wars fought for it. In the U.S., paper currency was once backed by gold, also a product of the earth, but the backing is now a promise. James 4, verse 14, For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Consider Ecclesiastes 1, verse 2, Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. And Genesis 3:19, In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou, till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. Man's life, his family, his career, his accumulated wealth is all a vanity. And even as Psalms 90 verse 9 reads, we spend our years as a tale that is told. When we die, nothing we have amassed in this vanity is ours anymore. Not very flattering, is it? But thanks be to God, a beautiful and everlasting alternative has been secured for all that believe for the born again on Golgotha's hill. Have you been born again? Have you believed upon Jesus Christ, repented of your sins, and surrendered your life to this King of glory? Do you desire to be part of something that is filled with marvelous purpose and in truth become a part of the very family of God? Will today be the day? You escape from the mad absurdity of this vanity? Get out of the dirt. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Genesis 6, 1 through 8, And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God said, Jude chapter 1, 5 and 6, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believe not. And the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness 
unto the judgment of the great day. God said, Numbers thirteen thirty three, And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. God said, Deuteronomy 2, 10 and 11, The Emims dwelt therein in times past, a people great and many and tall as the Anakims, which also were accounted giants as the Anakims, but the Moabites called them Emims. God said, Deuteronomy 3, verse 13, And the rest of Gilead and all Bashan, being the kingdom of Og, gave I unto the half-tribe of Manasseh, all the region of Argob, with all Bashan, which was called the land of the giants. Man said, The Bible Thumper's book is full of hate speech, misogynist, bold and bombastic claims, and its leader ended up hanging on a cross. Educated men choose another way. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature number 863, that will once again certify the supernatural inerrant accuracy of God's holy word. All of these powerful features are archived here in text and streaming audio for your edification and as bait for God's fishers of men. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for coming. May the love of God fill your heart to overflowing. Is it even possible that the bizarre and miraculous claims in the Scriptures are literal and true? Can they be certified beyond reasonable doubt? Even something as fantastical as fee-fi-fo-fum giants. This feature will review previous God Said, Man Said research on the subject and open the door to some strange new discoveries in today's science that have the academic ranks flummoxed and scrambling for answers. Have no doubt, saints, the word of God is true and righteous altogether. The following God Said, Man Said feature, Giants and Stones, records the following. Giants, could this be true? Are the Bible's approximately 200 references to giants certified true by third-party experts? Do paleontology, archaeology, historical records, and societal accounts all say yes? There can be no reasonable doubt. God Said, Man Said has published several features addressing the subject of giants over the past decade or so. The mysterious giants have risen again, but this time under the title of the Nephilim. The word Nephilim is found in the NIV and other minority text translations, but in the majority text authorized King James Version, the word is correctly translated as giants. Yes, there were giants in those days. When discussing giants of old and people of enormous height, many people today lump these two together, referring to such terms as giantism or acromegaly a rare disorder of the pituitary gland which causes abnormal size. But the giants of the scriptures were not rare genetic flukes. There were entire populations of giants. The scriptures refer to giants nearly 200 times. If the word of God makes mention of giants so many times, then there should be empirical proof that they did once exist. And of course, there is. In Deuteronomy 3.13, Moses speaks concerning the dividing of part of conquered Canaan among the Israelites. It reads, 
and the rest of Gilead, and all Bashan, being the kingdom of Og, gave I unto the half-tribe of Manasseh, all the region of Argob, with all Bashan, which was called the land of the giants. It was the land of the giants. Flavius Josephus, one of the greatest historians of all time, writes the following in chapter 5 of the Antiquities of the Jews. For which reason they removed their camp to Hebron, and when they had taken it, they slew all the inhabitants. There were till then left the race of giants, who had bodies so large and countenances so entirely different from other men, that they were surprising to the sight and terrible to the hearing. The bones of these men are still shown to this very day, unlike to any credible relations of other men, end of quote. According to the research collected by Deloche, author of the book Giants, Pliny mentions that in the reign of Claudius, A.D. 41-54, a nine-foot-nine-inch giant named Gabarus was brought to Rome from Arabia. Claudius placed him at the head of the famed Adutrix legions. The giant so awed his troops that some worshipped him as a god. And again, during his principate, Caesar Augustus, 27 B.C. to A.D. 14, assigned two giants who towered over 10 feet tall to lead the Roman armies into battle. On account of this remarkable height, writes Pliny, the bodies of the two giants were preserved in the tomb in Salus Gardens. Their names were Pusio and Secundula. That's it, Secundula, end of quote. Finally from Deloche, the following excerpt. In 1970, some huge fossilized footprints that he found in Australia's outback so intrigued Dr. Rex Gilroy, director of the Mount York Natural History Museum at Mount Victoria, that he began excavations in that area. Over the years, he gathered enough evidence to convince himself that a race of giants once dwelled there. Near Bathurst, Dr. Gilroy turned up some stone implements, hand axes, clubs, pounders, adders, knives, and other tools so huge that only giants with extra-large hands and strength could have made any beneficial use of them. He also uncovered some giant molars and other fossilized footprints that measured up to 30 inches in length. The implications are, he wrote in an article detailing his archaeological finds, that men of 12 to 20 feet in height once roamed this continent. Marzulli, in his book on the Trail of the Nephilim, lists numerous newspaper reports concerning discovery of giants in the Western Hemisphere. A few of the many headlines and excerpts follow. New York Tribune, February 3, 1909. Skeleton 15 feet high unearthed in Mexico. News was, news was received here Monday from Mexico that at Extapalapa, a town 10 miles southeast of Mexico City, there had been discovered what was believed to be the skeleton of a prehistoric giant of extraordinary size. A person while excavating for the foundation of a house on the estate of Augustine Juarez found the skeleton of a human being that is estimated to have been about 15 feet high and who must have lived ages ago, judging from the ossified state of the bones. The discovery of the skeleton has revived the old Aztec legend that in a prehistoric age, a race of giants lived in the valley of Anacoac, a name given by the aboriginal Mexicos, uh, Mexicans to that part of the Mexican plateau nearly corresponding to the modern valley of Mexico City. 
Scientific American, August 14, 1880, page 106, Ancient American Giants. The Reverend Stephen Bowers notes in the Kansas City Review of Science the opening of an interesting mound in Brush Creek Township, Ohio. The mound was opened by the Historical Society of the township under the immediate supervision of Dr. J.F. Everhart of Zanesville. It measured 64 by 35 feet at the summit, gradually sloping in every direction, and was 8 feet in height. There was found in it a sort of clay coffin, including the skeleton of a woman measuring 8 feet in length. Within this coffin was found also the skeleton of a child, about 3.5 feet in length, and an image that crumbled when exposed to the exposure. In another grave was found the skeleton of a man and a woman, the former measuring nine and the latter eight feet in length. In a third grave occurred uh, two other skeletons, male and female, measuring respectively nine feet four inches and eight feet. Seven other skeletons were found in the mound, the smallest of which measured eight feet while others reached the enormous length of ten. The Vancouver Sun, August 18, 1922, page 9. Primitive man, 10 feet tall, is unearthed. Again, Mexico City, August 17. The Department of Agriculture yesterday received from an agent of Tiburon Island, Gulf of California, the skeleton of a primitive man more than 10 feet tall. It was found a few days ago. Other bones of similar size have been encountered. Anaconda Standard, April 29, 1890, page 3. The Pony Express says that one day last week, carpenters on the Isdale Irrigating Ditch unearthed a skeleton of mammoth proportions. By actual measurements, it was 13 feet and 2 inches in length. The circumference of the skull, when measured, was found to be 37 inches. The feet were 21 inches in length. This is the second discovery of this kind made near Pony during the past year. Ed Sparrow while sinking a shaft on his mine near Richmond Flats last June, exhumed a skeleton of even larger proportions than the one in question. From the thigh down, it measured 5 feet and 3 inches and was 17 feet in height. It is supposed that these skeletons are descendants of the historical tribe of giants known as Polos. The curiosity is now on exhibition at Dr. Cooper's office. The Times-Dispatch, February 11, 1907, page 8, and it reads, This discoverer recalls that six months ago the skeleton of a giant was discovered in a cave near Bristol by workmen who were opening a stone quarry. The bones showed their former possessor to have been fully ten feet in height. E.C. Huffaker, formerly of the Smithsonian Institution, expressed the opinion that this skeleton was that of a prehistoric giant. End of quotes. There were tribes of giants in the Bible, namely the descendants of Anak, the Anakims, a grouping of Amorites, Emims, the Zamzumims, and of course the famed Goliath slain by one smooth stone. End of quote. From the God said, man said feature, God's fingerprints, Noah, giants, and words. Cambridge Essays in 1858 published the following writings of Cyril Graham under the title, the ancient Bashan and the cities of Og. The following excerpt from Dr. Graham is taken from the book Giants, written by Charles Deloche. When we find one after another great stone cities, walled and unwalled, with stone gates, and so crowded together that it becomes almost a matter of wonder how all the people could have lived in so small a place, 
when we see houses built of such huge and massive stones that no force which can be brought against them in that country could ever batter them down, when we find rooms in these houses so large and lofty that many of them would be considered fine rooms in a palace in Europe, and lastly, when we find some of these towns bearing names which cities in that very country bore before Israelites came out of Egypt, I think we cannot help feeling the strongest conviction that we have before us the cities of Rephaim, of which we read in the book of Deuteronomy, end of quote. Rephaim mentioned above simply means giants. In the book On the Trail of the Nephilim, author L.A. Morzelli interviews archaeologist Dr. Aaron Judkins. Part of the Q&A follows. Native Americans claim there was a race of giant people who were here before them. What are your thoughts on that regard? The North American Indians, especially the Chippewa, Sandusky, Tawa, Iroquois, Cherokee, and Choctaw, and Hopi tribes, believe that there was a race of giant beings before them. My great-grandmother was full-blooded Choctaw Indian. The Choctaw's legend tells that after they crossed the Mississippi River, they encountered a powerful white race of cannibal giants who came from the east and used mammoths as beasts of burden, but were in decline when the Choctaw came, end of quotes. The following excerpts are from Stephen Quayle and Dr. Thomas R. Horn's book, Unearthing the Lost World of the Cloud Eaters. Under the category of reports involving the Smithsonian's knowledge of giant bones, you'll read, One seven-foot, two-inch giant skeleton with a copper crown on its head, jet black hair to the waist, possibly a royal leader, buried in a mound in a secure vault with uh, undecipherable inscriptions carved on the outside. The relics were examined by a committee of scientists sent out from the Smithsonian Institute and then carefully packed and forwarded to the Smithsonian. Gadsonville, Pennsylvania, reported by American Antiquarian, 1885. Note that other giants will possibly link to royalty, uh, was found by one H.R. Hazelton in Cartersville, Georgia, reported the previous year on July 23, 1884, by the North Otago Times. Though that discovery did not mention any links to Smithsonian involvement, it's interesting to see that we have at least two possible king giants. The giant of Cartersville, Georgia, was nine feet two inches, had hair to his waist, and a copper crown, and were surrounded by seven skeletons belonging to children, buried in a vault with the under flagstone. Both the vault and the flagstones were deeply etched with undecipherable inscriptions, and laying on a bed of dry grass and animal skin. Water recession from the Tumlin Mound field revealed acres of skulls and bones, one of which was so massive. The article called Monster Skulls and Bones states that their owner must have stood 14 feet high. In the final sentence, we read, A representative of the Smithsonian Institution is here investigating the curious relics. Cartersville, Georgia, reported by the New York Times, 1886. Note that this is the same city as one of our king giants of the last bullet. This monster was discovered two years later due to water recession, not an intentional uncovering of the mound, and reported to be much taller than the king, taller than 14 feet high. Again, the book reports, As we can see, the ancient world was very familiar with the idea of giants. In fact, as Quail explores in Genesis 6 giants, even early explorers recorded run-ins with giant beings. 
Interestingly enough, Magellan's fleet encountered, encountered giants when they approached Port San Julian. They saw a native giant on the beach waiting for them. Antonia Pigafetta, one of the crewmen with Magellan, described the giant in his letter writings, This man was so tall that our heads scarcely came up to his waist, and his voice was like that of a bull. Later in 1578, Sir Francis Drake, excuse me, anchored in the same place and described men well over seven feet tall. Anthony Nived visited the same area in 1592 and wrote of men which were 10 to 12 feet tall. In 1615, crewmen from the Dutchman schooner Wilhelm Schouten discovered and excavated several skeletons 10 to 11 feet tall. As his log records, in 1764, when Commodore Byron visited the area, he encountered men of a gigantic stature. One of his officers wrote, Some of them are certainly nine feet if they do not exceed it. This was the last recorded sighting of giants in the area, but as Quayle points out in Genesis 6 Giants, the fact there is such a wide array of sightings by many different people makes it difficult to argue that this was a hoax or mistaken identity, end of quote. Scientists are perplexed at what they are discovering. Several recent headlines follow. July 25, 2017, nzherald.com, headline, Ancient Humans Had Sex with Non-Humans. July 7, 2017, iflscience.com, headline, This tooth once belonged to a member of a mysterious species of humans that we know almost nothing about. July 21, 2017, buffalo.edu, headline, in saliva, clues to a ghost species of ancient human. July 24, 2017, foxnews.com, headline, Scientists find possible clue to ancient ghost species of human. July 2013, nationalgeographic.com, headline, The case of the missing ancestor. Subheaded, DNA from a cave in Russia adds a mysterious new member to the human family. God destroys the earth and its corrupt inhabitants in the global flood of Noah, but it certainly appears the DNA of the fallen sons of God in Genesis 6 was passed on, not only in the fact of many giants existing after the flood, but now also in the discovery of a mysterious human ghost ancestry. Ages uh, reported in the excerpts that follow are built upon evolution's foundational theory of uniformitarianism, and therefore they're incorrect, but the relevance of the discoveries are real. Genesis 6-4 said there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. July 25, 2017 feature on nzherald.com titled Ancient Humans Had Sex with Non-Humans. You'll find these excerpts. New research shows that ancient humans had sex with non-human species. According to a study conducted by Omer Gokuman, an assistant professor of biological sciences at the University of Buffalo, ancient humans had intercourse with a ghost species of proto-human. Glockuman found widely different genes and DNA of humans living in sub-Saharan Africa. 
He believes these genes can be traced back to about 150,000 years ago when ancient humans were breeding with this mysterious ghost species. This other species is referred to by the scientific community as a ghost species as there are no known fossils that can be analyzed. A God said, man said, note. The fallen angels in Jude chapter 1 verse 6 are presently imprisoned in everlasting chains under darkness. Again, Gokuman states, Based on our analysis, the most plausible explanation for this extreme variation is archaic introgression, the introduction of genetic material from a ghost species of ancient hominids, end of quotes. July 21, 2017, Charlotte Charlotte, uh, U. uh, writes for Buffalo EDU under the heading, In Saliva, Clues to a Ghost Species of Ancient Humans. These are the excerpts. In saliva, scientists have found hints that a ghost species of archaic humans may have contributed genetic material to ancestors of people living in sub-Saharan Africa today. Based on our analysis, the most plausible explanation for this extreme variation is archaic introgression, the introduction of genetic material from a ghost species of ancient hominids. March 2017, ScienceMagazine.org reports... Ancient skulls may belong to elusive humans called Denisovans. Excerpts follow. Wu, a paleontologist and co-author of a paper published by Science, thinks those fossils and the new skulls are a kind of unknown or new archaic human that survived on in East Asia to 100,000 years ago. Based on similarities to some other Asian fossils, she and her colleagues think the new crania represent regional members of a population in Eastern Asia who pass local traits down through the generations and what the researchers call regional continuity. At the same time, resemblances to both Neanderthals and modern humans suggest that these archaic Asians mixed at least a low level with other archaic people. But Wu and Tinkhouse, a paleontologist and co-author, say they can't put fossils in a group defined only by DNA. I have no idea what a Denisovian is, Trinka says. Neither does anybody else. It's a DNA sequence. End of quote. Genographic, nationalgeographic.com. The headline reads, Why am I Denisovan? Recently, scientists successfully extracted nuclear DNA from the pinky bone and conducted comparison studies with the genomes of modern humans and Neanderthals. Studies show the girl was closely related to Neanderthals, yet distinct enough to merit classification as a new species of archaic humans, which scientists named Denisovan, after the cave where the pinky bone was found. The Denisovan genome also suggests the young girl had brown hair, eyes, and skin. If this genetic mixing did occur... The fact that Denisovans were discovered in Siberia but contributed to the genomes of modern humans living in Southeast Asia suggests the species range widely across Asia, although their low genetic diversity also indicates their numbers were never very high, end of quote. July 2013, from the nationalgeographic.com feature, The Case of the Missing Ancestor, you'll find the following excerpts. The year before, two other fossils had been found to contain DNA similar to that of the finger bone, both of them of molars. 
The first tooth that turned up among the specimens from Denisova, Hostadervi Ankos Institute at Novosibirsk. It was bigger than either a molar human or a Neanderthal tooth in size and shape, resembling the teeth of much more primitive members of the genus Homo who lived in Africa millions of years ago. The second molar had been found in 2010 in the same cave chamber that had yielded the finger bone, indeed near the bottom of the same 30,000 to 50,000-year-old deposits called Layer 11. Remarkably, that tooth was even bigger than the first, with a chewing surface twice that of a typical human molar. It was so large that Max Planck, paleoanthropologist uh, Bensi Viola, mistook it for a cave bear tooth. Only when its DNA was tested was it confirmed to be human, specifically Denisovan, as the scientists had taken to calling the new ancestors. It shows you how weird these guys are, Viola told me at the symposium. At least their teeth are just very strange. Pabo's team could exact only a tiny amount of DNA from the teeth, just enough to prove they came from the same population as the finger, though not from the same individual, end of quote. A mysterious ghost species? A giant human tooth that at first was thought to belong to a bear? And Genesis chapter 6. God's word is true, and no matter how hard the antagonists wrangle, they end up whispering, yes. God's word is the place to build a life that will last forever. God said, Genesis 6, 1 through 8, And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God said, Jude 1, 5 and 6, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. And the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. God said, Numbers 13, 33, And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. God said, Deuteronomy 2, 10 and 11, The Emims dwelt there in times past, a people great and many and tall as the Anakims, which also were accounted giants as the Anakims. But the Moabites called them Emims. God said, Deuteronomy 3, verse 13, and the rest of Gilead and all Bashan, being the kingdom of Og, gave I unto the half-tribe of Manasseh, all the region of Argob, with all Bashan, which was called the land of the giants. Man said, The Bible Thumper's book is full of hate speech, misogynist, 
bold and bombastic claims, and its leader ended up hanging on a cross. Educated men choose another way. Now you have the record.